that will do it for today. If you uh, have a comment, email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War II. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, kencurlin.com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series Welcome is provided to the war as a from service Boise, of the Great Idaho. Detectives this is your host, Adam Graham. Great Detectives. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, today we're going to bring you one final episode of This is War. The title of this episode is To the Young, and the original air date was May the 2nd of 1942. networks again joined to present the 12th in their series of broadcasts for wartime America, To the Young, by Norman Corwin. We go off to the war, guys like Tom and me. We come home, to pack a few things, get around as though we're nothing at all. Make it seem just as though you were going away on a two-week vacation at Pine Point. Get out the old letters from your girl and read them. 
Take another look at the newspaper clips about how you won the hurdles and attacked me with sacred heart. Scored a touchdown against James Madison. You unstring your guitar, put your tennis racket away in a frame, then you come downstairs. Mom and Pop are standing there. You hug Mom. Give Pop a friendly poke in the ribs. You don't know what else to do. Then you grab your duffel bag. So long, Mom. I'll write you. Aren't you going to say anything, Mom? Well, so long, Dad. Take it easy. Goodbye, Bill. Good luck, boy. Alice and a dog named Nick. You wonder. There's a 
guy your age in England feel the way you do? Does a Russian fighter have your kind of thought? Does a Chinese private dream of what's to come? It warms your heart to think of your comrades. All the young folks in the fight. You wonder how it'd be to drop in on them here and there among the nations you're united with. Ask them questions. Help them lift a bomb into the racks. Drink a beer with them. Talk shop talk about the job you're on. About the world that's in the works. You wonder how a Tommy feels. How you'd get along with a red soldier. You wonder what's cooking around China. You wonder so hard that in a minute off you'd go around the world finding out for yourself. number I've taken out. I can see why you're nuts about it. Long and slim. That's the way I like them. She travels in fast company. Did she behave all right Wednesday night? Oh, gave me everything I asked. Even with all that ack fire around us over Rostock, she handled beautifully. Well, the headwind slowed her down on the return, you know, but she still was fast enough to get away from those hinkles. Uh-huh. You ought to see our P-39. Oh, I can hardly wait to fly one. I say, Edna, will you bring some more tea, please? Right, Will you have time? Sure. Look, uh, tell me, Bill, uh... How are they taking the war back in the States? By and large, fine. Everybody's pitching in. There are still some crabbers, of course. Oh, young people? No. Old experts, mostly. Kicking about this and that, telling the Army and Navy how to run the war. Yes, we had the same thing here for a while. Funny, isn't it? The blokes who do all the squawking and yammering are never the ones who do any of the fighting. Yeah, some people give their lives. Other people give their opinions. Quite. Tell me, is there, is there any um, anti-British sentiment? Well, the fifth and the sixth columns are doing their best to plant it and to nurse it along. Mm. But, you know, there's always a crackpot market for anything that's anti-sensible or anti-decent. Mm, the good old Axis Heron boys. Oh, you know, Bill, it's getting pretty late for that kind of stuff. I mean, when a maniac's loose in the house, there's no time to argue about who left the door open. Lord, man, you and I'd get absolutely nowhere if we spend all our time blaming the old fools who made the big mistakes five and ten, twenty years ago. I dare now to go out and give the Axis hell and win the war and do it soon. And when it's won, to see that it stays won. Exactly. To have our say in the kind of world we're pulling out of the fire. There's no reason why anybody in the Ready world... Ready to open two minutes. Ready, Hollister? Oh, right with you. Right here. Oh, Bill, I, I've got to run now. Oh, it's been twelve. I sit here and talk with you. Yes, well... One thing I, I wish you'd carry away with you, old man. Yeah. It seems to me the world's shrunk a lot since we were kids. Now, it's overnight from New York to London if you buy a ship as good as my Jenny. We're not far apart anymore. Not in miles or anything else. We are fighting the same scrap. There are no longer a dozen big powers in the world. There are only two, good and evil. Whatever man's accent may be, whether it's Cockney or Yorkshire or Brooklyn or Midwest or Russian or Chinese, he's fighting on one side, and that's our side. And... Well, that man's a brother of mine, and he can wear my shirt and butter my gun. Don't give it to him. See him, Berlin. So long, Fred. Cockney, Brooklyn, Midwest, Russian. It's a small world, all right. The accent doesn't matter anymore. The accent now is on youth. The accent's on victory. Give it to him, Fred. Carry it home. They don't like the war in their own backyard. They prefer to fight in somebody else's. 
old German custom. Fly fast, kid, and fly straight. But at that, I'll be over Germany before you. I'm on my way to Russia, Fred, to see a fighting man named Peter. Why not? Both of us have this same kind of aim. To help the, the common people live a better life. You think that one... Don't make a sound. They're coming over. Any of them? Six. 
just in another moment. Here, hold the cartridge belt to that. Why there isn't a single subject which has not been perverted. 
Now, this morning, we are going to draw conclusions from our trip in the field yesterday. Albert, tell me, what did you see? We saw an anthill. Yeah? And beetles and a beehive and birds. Yes. And everywhere, everywhere you looked, you saw how nature uses the pure principle, the principle of leadership. One thing you did not see, and that is the principle of democracy. <laughs> <laughs> now, everywhere in nature... The leader has to be obeyed. The strong rules over the weak. You notice how the ants did what was assigned to them without questioning. Now, class, which ants saw to it that the commands of the Führer ant were carried out? The soldier ant. Correct. You see, nature is very wise about all things, and nature intended soldiers to be the most important of all living creatures. When you grow up, you will be soldiers for Adolf Hitler. That is the highest glory in the world, to die for us. Or take a class in arithmetic. You might think, Bill, that stuff like two times two could not be distorted. But to the Nazis, every problem is a chance to drive another nail into a kid's head. Here is your homework problem for tonight. In the year 1933, there were 66 million, 60,000 inhabitants in the German Reich, of whom 499,682 were despicable Jews. What was the percentage of Jews then? Also, find out the number of inhabitants in the Reich today in the corresponding number and percentage of Jews. They stop at no absurdity, of course. No lies too ridiculous. What else can children do but believe? You believed your teachers, didn't you? The kids in the drawing class draw soldiers and tanks and planes. The kids in chemistry class learn about poison gas and firebombs. They grow up believing war is the only goal in life. That dying for Hitler is the supreme achievement. That bearing babies for the new order is the highest duty of womankind. Hans, you have a... Girl back home in Germany? Yes. Anna. She's in the underground, too. Hope to heaven she's safe. And that she'll be there when it's ended. I hope there'll be a few young men like you and me left in Germany to... to undo all this twisted wreckage. To bring the light back to the people. It's been so long. So very long. We must win, Bill. This can't go on in Germany forever. It must be destroyed before all our young are broken and, and bled white. <laughs> the unspeakable shame for the once proud name of Germany. The same before all men in all history from now until the end of time. The same that our great fatherland knows not its own son. I'm sorry, I... I lost myself. No, I... No, you found yourself. You found yourself... Five years ago, when most of the boys your age gave in to Adolf and his gangster bums. Don't worry, we'll do what you're asking. 
We got some great guys and gals fighting on our side. Guys named Fred and Peter. And gals named Jenny and Katerina. And over in China, where they've been standing with their backs to the wall since long before any of the rest of us knew what it was all about, they're still in there fighting. Yes, sir. That's where I'm going next. When we win, kid, you'll get back to Anna. And I'll get back to Alice. And the world will get back to decency. You can bank on that. anymore. 
Those lonely thoughts are no longer with you. Somehow you're not alone now. And you feel that you'll never be alone again. Because riding in the coach with you, the spread of the RAF, Peter the gorilla polishing his gun, and Hans and Anna of the underground and young Miss Jen of China. And you know that everywhere tonight, the young are fighting and the young are dying. Fighting for themselves and all the future young. The yet unborn. We'll read about it calmly and talk about it and think about it in a world made wholesome by the fire and the blood. The train goes whistling through the night. Through the same night that blacks out London. Spreads eastward over France and Belgium, Norway, Denmark, Greece. The night that never will give way to day in any country, anywhere, if fascism should win the fight. And you know that it's all or nothing. Youth and freedom or the living death. It'll be a long one and a tough one, but it'll be all right. Because of guys like Fred and Hunt and Peter and Miss Shen and guys like you. Directed by Norman Corwin. Joseph Julian played the role of Bill. The music was composed and conducted by Johnny Green. Next week at this same time, the four major networks again unite the resources of American radio to present the last in their series of broadcasts for Wartime America. Yours received and contents noted by Norman Corwin. This is war. Welcome back. This is an episode I debated playing because it's got almost an ironic feel as you look back at it, particularly the part with uh, Russia, where uh, basically the assurance that no, we wouldn't become global enemies who would spend nearly half a century at odds while possessing enough weapons to destroy the world. I think in reality, that Washington, and certainly London, was aware that the alliance that occurred during the war was going to be temporary, and that you were dealing with a situation of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. In one way, the newspapers who wrote this were, uh, were correct, factually, but it was not the time to be saying that. Because when you're in the midst of the war, you don't need to be looking down the road as to what's going to happen after the war is over. The Chinese part really struck me as particularly tragic. The Chinese had suffered through many more years than anyone else of Japanese imperialism, domination, and overall war. And pretty soon after the defeat of Japan, they would then have to deal with the regime of uh, Mao, which would leave somewhere between 60 and 80 million people dead. Of course, unlike Russia, there was no way of knowing that this was going to be the outcome at the time that the program was recorded. 
And so the dreams of youth fought for freedom were in some cases not realized for decades later, and in some cases still aren't quite realized today. The work of securing liberty was one that only began with the war. It didn't end with it.